0: Hello, I know who you are, sir. Welcome to Nerd versus the World.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Nervous World, episode 7 Nerdfinger. That was the mighty Brian Blessed giving us a lovely introduction there. Uh, we were he gonna, is mighty. He was, he was mighty. <laughs> Very
2: mighty.
1: We're going to rename the show just for him, because you don't correct Brian Blessed once he's you your favour like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely> <laughs> so it is definitely Nerd vs. the World, for just for this week only.
2: Nerd so. vs. the World. I'm sorry, what, what, what's the episode called this week? Nerd Finger. Nerd Finger. Okay, cool. So we haven't done the usual intro. Who are you? I'm Brendan. Who are you? Oh, I'm Edie. Who are you? I'm Spindles. <laughs> yes, welcome back. Yes, oh, yeah, so no, yeah, Brian Blessed, he was lovely. He was absolutely amazing. Megan was just like there, just like staring up at him. It was like, this is the best thing ever. I get like a thousand dad points right <laughs> there because yeah. I've introduced my daughter to Brian Blessed when she's nine. <laughs> Along with uh, a doctor and several companions, and yeah, yeah she was she was uh, some of the people she didn't have a clue who they were. Uh, I think it was in, introduced her to um, the guy who played Curtis in Misfits, and he wrote uh, he got the, the the photo that we got of him because we didn't have anything of his, and he signed the photo uh, to Megan. Thanks for watching. So, as if I'd ever let Megan watch <laughs> <What> Misfits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah,
2: you didn't think that one through, sir, did you? <laughs>
0: Oh
1: dear, oh dear, oh dear.
2: Indeed, so, yeah. Right. Anyways, how are we all? All good? Yeah, you look shattered, mate.
3: <laughs> I am shattered. I, what's the time now? It is uh, half past eight at night, and I've been up since quarter past five this morning. <laughs> so, yeah. so yes, yeah. a little bit tired this week.
2: I'm, I'm not quite as tired as you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you retired retired A little bit, a bit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm pretty tired. It's been made up for the fact by one of my students brought me uh, a collection of... Old DC and Marvel comics they'd found from the early nineties. Apparently, there's a stall on the Cowley Road once a month, and they have boxes full of these old comics. Cool. So um, I've got an issue four of a comic called Die Cut. I've never heard of it before. It's an old Marvel no, book. No, I've
2: never heard I've of. I've never heard of half any of, of these. Though. To be honest, no, I've, I've heard of some of them. Oh, I've heard of X Force. X Force, I've heard
1: of. I've heard of Deathstroke. <laughs> um, and we've got Excalibur as well.
2: Yeah, so there's there's a few there. I've heard. I guess, uh, Megan got some as well when um, when we went over to Red Bank to find Jane Silent Bob's secret stash. Awesome. But she didn't get them from there because she got the Tick Christmas annual from there, which I was like, you have to read the Tick. Don't you? No, the Tick's amazing, so she read that. <laughs> but then we we stopped in like a, a sweet shop, just kind of down the road from it a little bit, and they had uh, basically bags of like five or six comics all in a bag for like a dollar. And she got them, so she's ended up with some real random titles oh, in there wow. that I'd never, never heard of before. <laughs> Did you vet them before you let her read them? <laughs> no, she just kind of got them and then just flicked through. I, I don't think she's ever actually read them properly. She she loved The Tick, which was good, yeah. so she sat and read that lot. Who doesn't? She's like, well, Daddy, why is this person called Chairface Chippendale? It's like, well, <laughs> let me tell you the story <laughs> of Chairface Chippendale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: been quite a good time for comics because Marvel have their number one free number yeah, one deal yeah, I, think, yeah. I, mean.
0: mm.
2: uh, I, I doubt this show will go out in time for anybody who wants it to get well, the, the bundle but
1: it will know but it might do I mean because I signed up to it today and they said the emails will start going out right from Thursday the 11th so yeah, but you
2: have to sign up from it yeah uh, that you have to by, sign up for it uh, before midnight. before it's before 4pm UK, UK time, time on Wednesday oh okay so yeah unfortunately it won't be going out time. but but so for those of you who've missed it now, <laughs> we're all getting 700 free comics. <laughs> about you?
1: <laughs> I would just recommend signing up to the Marvel Twitter account and Comixology. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Follow them for news of these sort of deals. They, they do happen quite a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. Have, well, this is DC. their second attempt yeah. at doing it because the first time they, they epically failed because everybody <laughs> smashed the servers and hardly anybody managed to download yeah. anything.
1: That nah, should be fun. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm trying to pick out which number ones I'd want to get. Oh uh, yeah, yet.
2: indeed. I I, I really yes. haven't got a clue. I'd probably go for some really obscure ones. But I think that's my my take of it.
1: Some of, like, ones that I will never really... be able to afford to buy. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to know which ones are going to be in it for a start. Because if it's just mm. the reboot, Marvel now. Well, that's all. Yeah, like, enough.
2: Well, that's not even. Like, what? It's not even 60 issues of stuff. There's, they're saying this
1: over seven 700. 700. Yeah, so that could yeah. be. I, I, I want to get the new Avengers. If the new yeah. Avengers uh, post Avengers versus X-Men is and in there, then I'll get that, that number
3: they, one. They say they're putting out 700, but is there a... I, I, I read through it as much as I could sort of, uh, before signing up, but um, I couldn't make out whether there was limited to how many you can...
2: I think, Are you allowed 700? I think it's, it's, I think it's limited to uh, from? how many you can choose and download in a 48-hour period. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to I was
3: gonna. I was gonna say right. that would be that'll be me driving around your house at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning to, to Can I, I you. use your fibre? <laughs> 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 I need
2: to download as many as possible. <coughs> uh, rest assured, I will probably get as many as I can. So. Oh,
1: I'll be getting some for sure. Yeah. Like I said, New Avengers, Post Avengers versus X Men. Mm. Definitely want to get that. Um,
2: Speaking of that, did you see the um, the Marvel Phase Two? video that went out this week
1: these are all bonuses on the phase one box set, aren't they yeah I, I deliberately i've deliberately avoided it because when i get if i spend money on a big blu-ray box set i want to have not seen the special features before i buy the box set Fair. so i've kind of avoided mm-hmm. it um see i'm
2: never going to fall into that trap because i still don't own a blu-ray so oh, fair <laughs> enough.
1: but I, I know they have ant-man test footage on there yeah but hmm. And I haven't seen it, but I did see the Ant-Man test footage from... Well, Ant- Chandler... Ant-
2: Ant-Man is Phase 3, not Phase 2.
1: Yes, but the the footage, the test footage was still in the previous. Uh, previews. Uh,
2: I think it was right at the very end of it. I think yeah. the, the majority of it concentrated on Iron Man 3. Then there was a bit about Thor and a bit about the new Captain America. Okay. So it's all, it's all about the Phase 2 stuff, but then there were a, a load of Phase 3 announcements. Because there was
1: Doctor Strange as well. Doctor
2: Strange being done by the, the, the guys who did... Was it Star Trek? Or is it Star Trek, I can't remember now. Really, in my notes,
1: I thought it was the guys who did Evil Dead. Evil Dead,
2: that's it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. The Evil Dead guys
1: doing Doctor Strange. Yeah. So it's um, the director and yeah,
2: yeah, someone else.
1: And it's it's looking likely that nice. it's looking likely that Thanos might not necessarily be the villain for Avengers Two.
2: Hmm. Or do you think they're going to bring him into one of the other films as the bad well, or, th- or save him till Phase Three?
1: They'll either save them till phase three once they've got Doctor Strange in and they can fully exploit the magic side of the Marvel Universe, or they will dump him in with Guardians of the Galaxy, which is phase two, isn't it? Uh,
2: yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is phase two. Which every man and his dog is attached to to be in at the
1: moment. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> Zoe Zeldana's <laughs> just, just been announced yeah. a-
2: along with a thousand other people from the last month. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so. My dog's
2: going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Teddy's
2: just would... balls and standing <laughs> in for CGI
1: <laughs> it would kind of fit that he'd be in uh, that Thanos kind of, of appear in that film Yeah,
2: um, that would work because it's a bit more kind of epic scale
1: yeah I mean there was rumours ages ago that Avengers 2 will end with the Hulk being sent off into space and then it'll go Planet Hulk, Hulk but
2: I think, I think Joss Whedon's turned around and gone nah
1: nah <laughs> Because we Planet Hulk, and then Avengers Three would essentially be World War Hulk. Yeah. I'm hoping it goes a different way. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm hoping that, because looking at, the Extremis suit is in Iron Man Three, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping they follow that to its logical conclusion. Mm. Um, Yeah. But yeah. It's a good time for comics.
2: Uh, well, indeed, and uh, following on from that was the. Um, that, that came from out of fucking nowhere was Guillermo del Toro talking about doing a just, just, just a dark, dark film. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Bring this on now! <laughs> yeah. And
1: and making the uh, main protagonist being John Constantine. Constantine,
2: and making him a blonde Constantine. And yeah. Please, yes. please, not American. Please, yeah. please. I
0: don't we care had... He's Cockney or, or I had just... a
1: huge debate about who would make the who perfect Constantine yeah. the first time round, because. I mean, I liked the Constantine film. The
2: Constantine, I love it. I think it's a great yeah. film. It, it It's one of the two films that exists on, on my list of films that everybody should watch, purely because it has Perfect Circle on the soundtrack.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the, the and probably The Best Devil.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Aside from possibly... And then weird turns
2: from people like um, uh, Gavin Rossdale in it, who I thought was amazing <laughs> in that film. Lead singer of Bush. Yeah. Mm, yeah, he, he was brilliant.
1: But... I think when we were talking about it, I was working at a cinema at the time, and we were having the discussion about who should play Constantine, and uh, Dennis Leary came up a lot. Interesting. That is interesting. He
2: certainly smokes enough. It, I, I, <laughs> I think he's too old now for the way that they've pitched him in Justice League yeah. Dark, because he's yeah. a much younger <laughs> Constantine. True, yeah. um, so, uh, I don't know, I, mean, I always thought Sting would be good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but again, if Again, he's too old too, too old, old now. For now, yeah. Now, yeah. He'll uh, oh. probably become a batch. Sting think.
2: in his June years would have been great. Oh, god, yeah, Yeah, that would have been. Uh, yeah. um, I will kill you! <laughs> Come a batch, yeah, he could be an interesting one. Yeah. Possibly, I don't know. I don't think he's rough enough to be Constantine. It's true. Sure have <laughs> Because he does everything. Because he dies halfway through now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't finished Hellblazer, well, I haven't even got up to Hellblazer 300 yet, yeah. so.
2: No, I <laughs> but I, the reason why I think this is such amazing news about Justice League Dark is this is the answer to the thing that we've been talking about for so long, which is what should DC do with Justice League, and they should fuck it off and concentrate yeah. on this <laughs> yeah. because this will be epic.
1: Yeah,
2: this will be ab- and no, because nobody really knows any of the characters in it. Because there's, there's Constantine, which has been one movie, fair enough. Yeah. But Dead Man, Dead Man's Zatana. Zatana, uh, Shade, the Changing Man. None of them have been in the movie universe, no. so that's fucking great. Bring in Constantine, give him a nice big introduction, then send we him off to find it. all the rest yeah. and do their genesis stories as part of that. Yeah, good to me.
1: Cause I'm I'm still working my way through the massive pile of Justice just like del- Oh, there's yeah. more already. I've got yeah. more. <laughs> uh, remarkably slow reader when it comes to it. It's it like it's finding the time to just sit down and just yeah. get the story. But I'm thinking up to up to book four of it now. Yeah. And I'm liking the Enchantress storyline.
2: Yeah, and it, it starts taking on. You kind of see them progressing towards pushing Constantine into the front as that story progresses. Right. Because so. I think it very much started out with kind of Zatanna at the fore yeah. uh, and, and Enchantress involved in the storyline. And then they kind of went, actually, no, I think Constantine's better being the kind of leader of the group. And they really push him forwards a lot. And it, it's brilliant. I the only problem with the first few issues is the weird i Lucifer crossover, which I think is just one issue, and I think you can safely ignore that. Right, yeah, because yeah, that issue two, book got cancelled at like issue eight or something. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I, I Vampire, sorry, not i Lucifer. I Lucifer is a completely different graphic novel. But I, I think this, this is DC's way forward. They should just do like the one big Justice League Dark movie and then spin off all the other characters. Yeah. Because it, it's the other way around. You don't have to do it in the way that Marvel have done it. You do a big ensemble movie and then you Spread do it. Spread them yeah. That would be fucking genius. Yeah. Do well. it now, DC. <laughs> Just fucking get on it.
1: I think it's becoming more and more universally accepted that they have perhaps fucked up Justice League.
2: Uh, it, it, it's almost irreparably gone. When yeah. was the last time you actually heard anything... On but the last time we heard anything. anything was I think we we said it in episode one of this where they said they'll wait and see how Superman goes yeah and we're still like several months yeah. down the line and still no Superman and indeed
1: yeah. yeah I'm I'm I've seen quite a lot of pushes for Iron Man three and I guess that is the next one out but I've seen a lot of pushes for Star Trek two as well I haven't seen many pushes for Superman yeah from, no. well, from Man of Steel as they're calling it no, yeah
3: not seen much at all so. I've seen one hang on kind of to the bottom of a, of a, a webzine. Yeah. It, it was like an advert down the little little bottom and click and play and it was nothing that hasn't already been seen. It was just the same trailer that's out everywhere else. Yeah.
2: So, I think the problem is, as, we, as we've kind of hinted at before with, with Justice League, is that they're just such big characters. Yes. As Batman and Superman in the same film are just so huge that you you can't possibly get the screen time for them to make it a viable story for each of the characters, yeah. let alone throwing Flash and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman and everyone into the yeah. mix. I think if they if they went down the Justice League dark aisle where people don't have preconceptions of those characters... Well, I mean, we do. I haven't mean, okay. read them as well. But the, the general populace will accept that a lot more because it's a bunch of people going, "Oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's pretty cool." And then, oh, "Who's he? What does he do? Wow, that's pretty awesome." Yeah. And what's with that suit? And cool. It hasn't been over overly done and, and overly. Popular, yeah, who's the chick yeah. with the nets And yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a no-brainer for DC. They, yeah. they, they and to have Guillermo del Toro on board is just. And yeah, sad, the sad
1: thing being, though, that he is not doing a Hellboy 3.
2: Ah, uh, yes, I heard that that's,
1: today that's as the well. That's only, the only sadness in the trailer, is there's no Hellboy 3, yeah. which is a shame, because after Hellboy 2, I was hoping someone would tackle a reboot of the D&D movie, because... The principal enemy in Hellboy Two and the effects on that—I I just saw Drow when I watched that. yeah, yeah but the, the D D
2: are still churning out movies as far as I know. Up <laughs> yeah. to like five or something. Still Jeremy Irons and. Really, <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> I saw the first one at the cinema and I fell asleep halfway through. Yeah. Got as far as the uh, Gauntlet. Ah, the, the, the traps. Beat. With, with yeah. Richard O'Brien, that bit. Yeah. And that bit was up to that point. It had been a fairly watchable film. After mm-hmm. that, it was just, just I just lost it. It was packed. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Utterly,
2: do you need? Yeah, indeed.
1: Um, back in comics, something that I meant to do a while ago, I've got an issue one of a comic called The Raptor kay. by a guy called Blair Shedd, who I follow on Twitter. Now, he's done work for the IDW Doctor Who comics, mm. and this was a self-funded, self-penned title. And he sent me issue one to do a review of,
0: cool,
1: and uh I'm gonna swing you a copy it as well. I read it, and I really liked it. It's set in New York, and do you remember an episode of Castle where there was a masked vigilante?
0: Yes super I do. And stuff
1: yeah, when I read this comic i I had the feel of that episode with okay. me all the way through it um. So yeah, it's not quite as dark as my usual comic reading. It's quite a, a traditional comic, I guess, mm. in terms of superhero.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts oh, well, on Yeah,
2: it. I'd love to read of it. We should definitely
1: get a review together for the show, because I I did promise him uh, a full review when he sent it three to me. And uh, So if you're listening to the show, I'm sorry it's been so long, but I will review this book for you. we we'll
2: sort it, of, and yes, we will review it. But the, the,
1: the short answer is I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why I loved it in more detail soon. <laughs>
2: Oh, on on that I was talking to um, Tony Lee on Twitter the other day as well. Because uh, he was just thinking he was bored and looking for inspiration one day, and he was just like, "Ask me questions." So I kind of came back and went like, "What out of any franchise or any universe? What would you like to write in?" And he was like, "I'd really like to write in the, in the DC universe because uh, he'd done." He's studying for some stuff on Superboy, I think, yeah. recently. But
1: well, yeah, he's, he's, he's published his first DC story recently. Yeah,
2: it was Superboy, yeah. I think. Um, and then I said, you know, Go Const- Constantine just as League Dark is. That apparently, uh, many years ago in Hellblazer, he pitched for a Constantine but didn't get it, which is a bit of a shame. So, so yeah, next time, sir. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be good. I'd like to see Tony Lee. Yeah, some uh, Constantine, that that'd be really good. <coughs> oh, excuse me. It's still full of cold. I fuck off. <laughs> con flu still. Really? Yeah, man. It's just not not gone away. The whole house is still had it.
1: Oh. <coughs> I managed to shake most of my con flu. I think. <coughs> he says coughing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> well, I was going to say, did you not get flared up the other week because you were uh, table topping with a bunch of people again?
1: No, uh, no. I managed to dodge it there as well. That event was a lot of fun. I was really, really pleased with the turnout. Sadly, the taping and the filming didn't go quite according to plan. No? Well, I, I hadn't seen the room, and I hadn't really properly taken things into consideration, like the turnout that we would have. Yeah. And the turnout was tremendous, uh, but there was just too much sort of crowd noise mm-hmm. on the the mics at the feature table. So what we've done instead is we're cutting together sort of a montage. Right. And I did an introduction and I sort of interviewed... uh, It's got a cool cheesy 80s rock beat behind
2: it. It's a montage. We will find (laughs) a cool cheesy 80s rock
1: beat to put to to it. We will make one. Absolutely. we will
2: rip it straight from Team America.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I did a couple of interviews um, and we we introduced it. And then I went around and I asked people the same question. And that question, which I'm going to put to you guys now as well, is... It, we we know the the fancy dinner party question. If you could have any four people, alive or dead, mm-hmm. at your dinner party, who would it be? Mm-hmm. This is a spin on that question. It is, if you could have any four people, alive, dead, fictional or non-fictional, to board game with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who would you like to spend an evening gaming with?
2: Well, it would have to very much depend on what game we're we'll playing, yeah. wouldn't y- it? Y- yes, it would. So I guess you've got to choose a game first. Um... Okay. Uh, games, 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 games. What would I do? I think I'd probably have to go old school. I'd probably go for a kind of classic D and D campaign, so a classic red book D and D dungeon crawl. Okay. Uh, and I'd have to have Will Wheaton there. That that that's <laughs> just an absolute no brainer. Will Wheaton. How many are I allowed? Four. Can I have four. Oh, four. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'll have uh, Will Wheaton, um, Nathan Fillion. Would be fun. Um, we uh, a weird one, and because I know that he likes D and D, Vin Diesel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, and then something a bit left field. Uh, who else on D and D? Orson Welles. Actually, uh, I don't know because it's it's <laughs> not particularly left roster. field, but it would be probably Jim Parsons.
1: Cool, Mr. Sheldon Cooper. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I think that would be my my for for playing D and D. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it would obviously change if it was a different game. Different but that, that would be my D and D
1: crew. I um, think we imagined our perfect celebrity LARP lineup. It's something we kick about constantly and I think Bill Bailey, Brian Blessed, you know, you'd have to take those lap in with you because 'cause mm-hmm. they would just fit right in.
2: That's your dwarf sorted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's your everything sorted. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's your druid, <laughs> your it's, it's your battle mages, it's your <laughs> it's it's your senators, it's <laughs> anything with where where a good orator is required, yeah. you can have either of those two in there. Uh, Eddie Izzard Yeah. He was yeah. in our in our, our fancy lap lineup. I never picked a fourth. That's why I was three. But you're right, it depends on the game. I think I, I I quipped maybe perhaps inappropriately on the day that if you were playing Twister, for example, your choice lineup would change yes, dramatically. It would. Yes, it would. Yeah.
2: Yes.
3: And how you'd play it.
1: Yeah. I think I selected yeah. Ala Secura And depend on
3: whether Star-like you're playing the goth, goth version. Have you not seen the goth
1: version? It's goth version of Twister. A Twister? Yeah. A right hand black? That's foot black, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all, all the circles are black. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear.
2: No, no, you're not allowed to make fun of Goten
1: or a hate
3: crime. And, and it's not a, it's not barefoot. It's, it's a picture of a new rock. And you know. <laughs> how about you did? Um, whilst you guys were going through that, I was actually struggling to think of of, of a game or, or or a situation where I'd, I'd do that.
1: Some of the answers we had were pretty interesting, and I'll save them for the interview, well, for the montage, which will be a video on the Nerd vs. World channel once it's been edited and put together. But there's some pretty interesting answers. Mm. A lot of people wanted to pick people they thought they would be able to beat.
2: Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. That that, that gives (laughs) you an insight into the (laughs) mentality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. And an interesting one would be, does it have to be an existing game? Or could it be from a verse, uh, like... Uh, the Star Trek chess or that kind of thing. <laughs> well, that does exist, the three dimensional yeah. chess. Yes, I, think, I know, but.
1: Uh, it's not really multiplayer in the same sort of way, though. No, no. but Darbo is. Darbo's gambling.
2: Yeah. Oh, you play that cool game from DS9 where they get pulled in and they have to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's the kind of thing that I was going I was like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
1: can
2: play that with. Whatever it is.
1: Oh, God. They had to get to the top level, didn't they? And they yeah. all little markers. Yeah. And it was, well, it was. Shap 2, yeah, move like, along home. Yeah, this Quark had fucked up. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. good old Quark, what have you done? <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: anyway. but that's the, again, that's still not really tabletop, is it? Right. Well, <laughs> let's see. it's kind of LARP, but yeah. it is kind of LARP,
1: yeah. But no, the, the event itself was fantastic. I think I spent an hour and a half playing Munchkin Quest, that game is is good on balance i think i prefer munchkin just the card game because mm. it's quicker this game has too many rules, yeah, and they can just go on and on and on.
2: That's like the kind of extension to Killer Bunnies because, uh, well, while well, you lot were all up there, because we couldn't make it, we had a game of Killer Bunnies at mine with my parents and Megan and everything, and that was great fun. But there's a Killer Bunnies board game that uses the cards and then expands it all. and I think Killer Bunnies is complicated yeah. enough to yeah. go. My parents are just sat there going, "You, you what? The bunny does, <laughs> and, and two faces so down, and, and have, what? Yeah. yeah, and then carrots and, st- and, yeah. and, and and how do you win? It's like, what do you mean you don't win? It's all look." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Killer Bunnies is a, is a great. It's uh, great, great for because yeah. Killer Bunnies is about playing the game and having fun. It doesn't matter who wins. wins. Yes, and that's why I love Killer Bunnies because it frustrates the hell out of rules lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's great. Yeah, because it says in the book you can do whatever you want. You can trade. You can do, make stuff up as you go along. So it really frustrates some rules lawyers. Oh, I've sat and cool. played it with rules lawyers, and you just see them seething. <laughs> like,
1: but you can't. Like, yes, you I can. can. <laughs> <laughs> so The best thing from best thing about it for me, though, from a personal <laughs> point of view, is that my both my sisters turned up, to oh the right, event cool, and my brother-in-law, and they they were off playing. I saw, I saw I was sat at the feature table, and I saw them coming in, and I thought I can't go and say hi because I'm on camera and everything around me, and I saw which games they were going to, and they went they went towards Kaplunk, and then they set up Kaplunk, and then my sister, don't know what she did, but she scattered marbles all over the floor, <laughs> so. They left Kaplunk. <laughs> <laughs> they were banished from Kaplunk. Um, and then they picked up Catan. They went straight to Settlers of Catan and they were playing that. Um, and then when we left the event and we went back to my, my folks because we were all staying down at Worcester for the weekend because well, it was Easter yeah. um, we were playing Settlers of Catan for most of the weekend. Uh, it was just really nice just to get back to board gaming with my family.
2: Cool, well, that sounds really cool. Yeah, because I, I really enjoyed it that you know I got to sit and play games with my family at home. <laughs> yeah. That's not something I've had the chance to do for a very, very long time, so
0: yeah.
2: it was good. I think it was kind of embracing the spirit of International Tabletop Day, Yeah,
1: so it was good. Well, I, think, you know, I think it was just a tremendous event all uh, all round, f- just for that. And also, my D&D game on Sunday has been on hiatus recently, because it has been two LARPs and one of the guys has been on holiday, so instead we've been meeting up for board games. Mm-hmm. And we've played Small World, which is just a tremendous board game, and Pandemic. Yeah, cool. And we played a three-player pan- game of Pandemic, Sunday just gone, and we lost the game in five minutes. It's one of those games where if, when things start going wrong, they go badly wrong very quickly. So we'd set up a three-player game, and five months later we were packing it up because we'd lost it. Oh dear. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> cool.
2: Well, yeah, the, the the next one's all set up, isn't it? I believe the... Birmingham Geek Meet is a similar thing
1: I think that's more of I think there'll be some gaming there as well yeah but I think it's more just like trying to that's just a social thing isn't it yeah and sort of get people together who knew everyone at the Sci-Fi Weekender
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but who didn't necessarily talk to people yeah yeah, because I knew most people via their Twitter handles and and we, we talked on Twitter um but I never actually said hi to them at the event. That's
2: it. I'd like to get to know people a bit more as well because yeah. I didn't really have that much opportunity to speak to I mean, I spoke to a lot of your friends over the weekend. They were lovely, but I uh, didn't really get a chance to speak to that many other people. Yeah.
1: Um, there's, there's more of the SFX forumers that I'd like to kind of speak to, like um, Steve Ellis, because yeah. he does a lot of blogging for SFX and yeah read a lot of his blogs, yeah. well, I like them, I wouldn't mind, I wanted to pick his brains at the weekend or about it and ask him questions and maybe get him up here to do an interview at some point, yeah. but I think we both met each other on the Thursday night, both exceptionally drunk and the conversation went as far as just beard envy, and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I, think that was, I think that was pretty much the extent of our, our interactions all, all weekend. Fair, okay. So, yeah.
2: No, I, mean, I, I really like the idea of the the Rule Thirty Two Cafe. It's um, it's very very similar in in concept to what I originally intended the Wonky Spanner to be, because um, the Wonky Spanner that was that was kind of born out of uh, all the role playing games we used to yeah. play in Lancaster, and whenever we wanted a pub, it would be the Wonky Spanner, and so that would kind of ended up in different games. And I always kind of thought about going on and running a venue that was kind of half cafe, half role-playing venue, half bookshop, and and calling it the Wonky Spanner. But as, as kind of time progressed, it became less and less... Likely. Viable or likely yeah. that I was going to do this, so that's why I did the website, as because that's been through several iterations. It used to be a, a LARP events calendar that people could just add to and stuff, and then that got pulled out because it wasn't being used and regurgitated as different stuff. So I think it's, it's a very similar idea, and they're doing looks like they're doing really well with it.
1: Well, I think the turnout was certainly promising, and the feedback from it is promising as well. I mean, I think the intention is to run more events like this, but doing as all-dayers. Because when I found out how cheap it was to actually rent the room we used in the first place, the, the idea to rent an, an all day and actually have a an entrance fee mm-hmm. sort of became a much more viable option. But I'd like to see it themed, and I'd like to do specific games and events. So maybe in three months' time, if things get a plan, we can run a Munchkin event. Mm-hmm. This is literally just either write to Steve Jackson games or beg and borrow and steal mm. from the Superdrome, but just get lots of the original g- first game box set of yeah. motion cards.
2: Yeah, so if you're looking for people to be involved <coughs> on, that, on that level, there's always eclectic games in Reading. Yeah. That might be worth approaching.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. But have, yeah, we'll there's a couple have that. of knockouts.
1: Yeah, we'll just have <laughs> four, four, four <laughs> yeah. player tables and... Um, that means you pull all the things out and then you wait for people to knock
2: themselves out on the marbles that are on the floor. <laughs> that's what.
1: That's what I was thinking when you first said it. No, 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 okay. Oh, they'll probably clean those up by now. Um, but yeah, such as having Munchkin tournament, maybe a small price. I know the UK Games Expo last year had a live-action Munchkin tournament. Wow. Where okay. there was actually a door you had to kick down and stuff. You actually played your 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 avatar rather than anything else. You um, You interested in going to that this year? What's that? UK Games Expo. Wh- when's when is it's it? It's the twenty fourth to twenty sixth of May, and it is in Birmingham. It's at the Hilton up at the NEC. I very much doubt it, sir, because we've got a lot going on in May. No, yeah. uh, I think that we're
2: off down to London then for the Chevelle gig uh, oh, around that I time. Know, um, <laughs> but I was in,
3: in in Japan when that came up, and when I when I heard about,
2: it, oh, I can't I can't. Uh, it, uh, from Japan. Well, cuz the good thing about it is it's 8 plus so we're taking Megan. Wow. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I was at is like, 8 plus, oh. right? Megan, you're coming along. Wow. So, yeah, no, oh, yeah,
1: fair enough. I'm Looking forward
2: to that. But yeah, we have got a lot going on around there and I so said we've got the, the there's the Brighton Fringe that we're planning on going to, which is like 15th of May and then there's that like a week or so later, and then it's Megan's birthday. A couple of weeks after that, and start of June, and then there's yeah. the gaming event in Bath in yeah, June. Yeah, unfortunately, so it my my time is just <laughs> filling up Cheers, with yeah. stuff. Um,
1: yeah, I want to film something for Towel Day because Towel Day is the twenty fifth of May. Yeah. So I want to film something before that so we can have a video released on Towel Day like last year with my my aunt my. my towel origami. Mm-hmm. Uh, May the 4th is Star Wars Day, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, my good friend and DM, Lars Phillips, and the guys at Blue Lotus Tattoo Studios in Worcester will be doing their usual Star Wars Day deal. He's a huge Star Wars fan. He ran a Star Wars D20 campaign yeah. All right. for me. I think I died in that. I think I so fumbled guys one.
3: Blue lotus—they're doing a special like. Uh, I'm, gonna
1: some, day of start, of, I'm gonna get start some, I'm gonna get some. I'll get more update. details from them for sure on what offers they're running this year. Yeah, but so. there's usually an offer on sort of if you're getting a Star Wars themed tattoo. There's usually some sort a of discount. discount. That's mm. pretty cool. But yeah. I'll definitely check up the details on that for you. Um, hoping to get some people along to that to mm. give it some promotion.
3: I'm surprised you haven't uh, you haven't come up with uh, an idea of having like a. Star Wars
1: Clone Wars back piece or something. Uh, I don't know. I've got my, I've got my, well, I've got my left three yeah. quarters to finish off, and that's that's this is Lars's artwork. This is a custom idea that I gave to Lars, and he sort of drew up the idea that I like. <coughs> um, I have ideas for more tattoos, but they cost. Yes, so that's of the course f- they do. The, They cost money. Um, but yeah, no, this Star Wars D and D campaign. I was a top class pilot. I think I was a, a Jurass, so and I was exceptional, and I managed to wipe out myself and my entire player group by botching a pilot role. The only way I could actually fail the pilot role was to fumble and roll a one, and I did it and we crashed into a sun. Nice. Game ended.
2: Nice. I uh, I did we did a Star Wars one and I was a pilot in that. He was basically trying to be Neo in the Star Wars universe. Oh, right. and basically built himself a repulsor lift suit so he could run up walls. So it'd activate when he got us to one side and the repulsor lift would kick him over. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I managed to rack up dark side points all over the place because spacing people back. out of air
1: so airlocks yeah. and things. I had a botan who got quite a dark side points. <laughs> um.
3: Yeah, that certainly
1: sounds like fun. Star Wars roleplay game is tremendous it, it can of fun, huge especially when of fun. you've got, especially when you've got a GM who knows the Star Wars universe inside and out. Yeah, and he does, so it's always good fun. Um, so yeah, so yeah, you're right. May's a busy month.
2: Yeah, it it's it, it, it just yeah, the next kind of couple of months are just getting insanely busy now. There's just stuff going on almost every weekend now, so I'm. I'm yeah. I'm actually having to try and be organised and put stuff in calendars. Speaking of which, I found your diary at ours. Uh, <laughs> That's where you left it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's it's in a it's in a continuum. <laughs> <laughs>
2: your diary's in constant flux. <laughs> yes, it is.
3: Cool. So. It is. Well, I I know that uh, for like the next six or seven weekends, I am. Um, absolutely stuff because work's been a bit of a bitch and uh my days off uh during the week So yeah. right it's, it's not looking likely that i'll have a weekend off in eight weeks so
2: dear god it sucks yeah it's kind of sucks indeed i'll to have to have midweek beers at some point then so yeah. <laughs> midweek beers are always good yeah. Beer's always good full stop. Beer is, true, indeed,
3: yeah. and, and I, th- I think, as, as a nerd versus world supporting our local economy, we should have a, a special um, weekend uh, job, because I know they only do it on a Saturday and Sunday, that when we're all free, is to go to the local brewery and have a tour of their
2: ale house. Is that the White Horse Brewery? Hobgoblin, mate. Ah, Hobgoblin. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Whichwood? <laughs> which
3: <Yeah. would, laughs> Hell yeah. Whichwood Brewery? <laughs> Bring it on, sir. Oh. Uh, I think that would be an be a epic adventure, and perhaps maybe yeah, <laughs> record our tasting session.
1: <laughs> so long as I'm back on a Saturday night in time for Doctor Who. Really Indeed. Yeah, yeah.
2: Do what, it on a Sunday. What have been your maybe. thoughts so far of uh, the new Who?
1: Of the, of the new Who? The first episode, Bells of St John's, I thought was damn near perfect storytelling. I yeah. loved that episode. I thought it was fantastic. Very, very good. Um, I wasn't quite so taken with the second one. That could have been because I had to watch it at work, and my eye iPlay actually get watching it, mm-hmm. which I find just frustrates me, but I felt that there was just a little too much tweetness about it. Mm, yeah. um, I liked it. I thought his big come and get me speech mm. to the big bad was cool. just as moving as... They all are. Yeah. I thought that was
2: stunning. Uh, the, the, the acting, for me, really held that episode together.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. There were some weak points in the storyline, but the acting was absolutely phenomenal in that episode.
1: And I think General Louise Coleman is perfect. She's as a really companion. good. Uh, I think she's incredible. And I think she is number 11's Rose. Mm. She is, to Matt Smith, what... Billy was the tenant I think
0: yeah
1: I mean as much as Amy Pond was good I just don't think she was quite as good as an actor as General Louise Coleman Hmm. and Hmm. I don't think I don't think the character Amy Pond was quite as interesting as Clara's Um, but there have been some rumours about who Clara is yeah I was
2: yeah sent the the link today of the the,
1: uh, conspiracy theories online (laughs) I read that I read that link and I was just like whoa, has she solved it? I'm not sure she has. I think there's quite a lot of coincidence in there.
2: I think there is a, there lot, is of a lot of coincidence. <laughs> the, the theory for anyone who hasn't said it, and we'll, we'll post a link to it in the show notes, is that Clara is the Emperor Dalek yeah. who Rose destroys at the end of Season 1
0: yeah.
2: uh, and scatters through time as Clara because she knew that Clara wasn't wasn't always a bad person and got turned into a Dalek. And then that dialect then went on to become the Emperor dialect, which Rose then disseminated through time and sent her as Clara to different yeah. points in history. And there's, there's loads of real minute impossible. detail that people have picked up yeah. on, of like dates on gravestones and, uh, and all yeah. sorts of other things. And Rose is being present in scenes. and yeah. It's uh, it, 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 it's quite a compelling argument, but whether it holds water yeah. or not. There's,
1: there's one hole in the argument, which is... To do with breaking the time lock and escaping the time war because Dalek Khan did that, and that was the one from I forget the name of the episode, it's one of the season finales with uh, one with the Dr. Donna. Well, oh, right, yeah, 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 the and, end, at the end of that series, yeah, and he is quite, quite mad, yeah, clearly madder than the Empress Dalek was, yeah. from the Bad Wolf one. Um, so, that's the only. The only hole, as far as people have seen, is that if the Emperor Dalek had escaped the time time rock and escaped the time war to do all this thing, he'd be a lot madder than than he was. Yeah. Which is explainable away, I suppose, through narrative. But.
2: Well, yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Yeah, You can always argue for and against certain things, in the end, it'll just come down to the chair and go, well, this is fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless yeah. of what you think in your amazing, amazingly well-prepared argument, we write it, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: But yeah and they'll probably read it and go, we're going to do it this yeah, way, just, just to now. disprove you, because yeah. we're bastards.
1: <laughs> it was a tremendously well-researched and put-together argument. It was. Um, it's well worth a read.
2: It's it's an interesting conspiracy theory. Yeah. We'll see.
1: But as for the series, so far, I'm I'm, I'm liking the series. So. I'm
2: I'm I'm liking it. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to uh, to some of the episodes that are coming up with the, like the return of the Ice Warriors yeah. And, yeah. and a few other things. I want to
1: see what they do with the with the Great Intelligence because yeah. that 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 arc has been built up well now. Indeed. Um, and I kind of wish they would stop going on about the fiftieth. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to feel like I've seen that episode before. I've actually seen that episode. Yeah, you know I, I don't
2: want to see everything about it. You know, yeah. I like conjecturing about it and and occasional little snippets. But today they went as far as as actually, showing sh- webcam live from the set. Yeah, the set position from
1: Trafalgar Square, which
2: I think is going <laughs> just a little too far.
1: Yeah, I mean this is this is the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. You do not need to build anticipation to no, quite that's that sort already of There's already enough anticipation out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think 5.5 million people tuned in to watch the second episode of the series. Yeah. Um, don't need to get many no, more people No, out, you they. really don't. Um, you know,
2: I... That there's been some interesting news which is you know the, the David Tennant and Rose coming back oh that's, god yeah that, that's, that's great. great and that's a nice bit of news for us to know
1: and sadly Eccleston has said that he isn't
2: well yes indeed he isn't but and, I think
1: he's always said that I think he has he? always said yeah. that
2: I think, yeah, I, I think he's said from the point he finished that he wouldn't go back and do it again
1: yeah um I forget her name but the the woman who played the Brigadier's daughter
2: yes yeah I know who you mean
1: she's, she's coming, she's back, coming to back, back as well, well. yeah um,
3: are we going to get a uh, return of um, the Doctor's daughter? Don't know. I don't. Uh, there's been nothing said about mm-hmm. that. No, there hasn't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, are we going to see that? Possibly. But, that I mean, was, that, I think that's a story slightly untold.
1: Yeah,
2: it'd be nice if they're just making all this shit up and then they just do something completely really fucking different. different. Yeah. That would be quite funny. It would They'd be like the perfect. biggest coup of all time, yeah. and it'd be just like genius. Steve. And we'd all just sit there and go, oh, well played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stephen
1: Moffat trolls the internet. Yeah, <laughs>
2: indeed.
3: <that laughs>
1: well, he it. does that all the time. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. The season finale of season two of Sherlock was a giant trolling. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Especially yeah. when he said the clue was in there. Actually, I think the clue is in there. Um, I, I watched that finale so many times trying to f- try and spot it, and I think... Uh, just before Sherlock drops and jumps, there's the crowd scene on the floor. Mm. I think if you look closely, someone's reaching into the inside pocket, right. and there's a bag of fake blood which uh, has been procured from the hospital.
2: Well, it was all, it was all online that um, Alan Davies was saying that Jonathan Creek had solved it in the previous <laughs> episode. <laughs> where somebody had thrown themselves out of a window at a party and then nobody had actually seen them fall, and by the time they got there, I remember that episode of Jonathan Creek. Creek yeah. So he's like, oh, oh no, that's done. It's right. done, big on Moffitt. But uh, apparently they're both filming at the same time in Cardiff, so yeah. Doctor Who and Sherlock <coughs> both filming in Cardiff out of the same studio at the same time with yeah. Stephen Moffat there.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they've just finished their read-throughs for episode one of season three, haven't yeah. they? So, yeah.
2: Yeah, and and then they're currently filming for the 50th for Doctor Who. So Doctor Who and Sherlock are filming at the same time in the same place. I think
1: all needs to happen now is the Supernatural boys turn up (laughs) and there is a Super Who lock fandom who will be going absolutely mental. (laughs) (laughs) I love these fandoms. They're awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the crossover stories, just absolutely brilliant.
2: Uh, Because I I read one uh, which was a Sherlock and Doctor Who crossover fairly recently. And it's just like he—he's kind of uh, brings Sherlock into the TARDIS for the first time, and he's like, "I know what you're going to say. It's bigger." He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to say it's bigger on the inside." And it's like, "And obviously, a guy frame right? because of your two hearts, and you can see where your shoes and see this." And it's just brilliant, and Sherlock just totally does the Doctor. It's great.
1: <laughs> there are some fandoms. Yeah, that's a which different actually... kind of fan. Song yeah, well, <laughs> well, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> those fandoms exist as well. It was
2: probably going that way. That was just <laughs> yeah. a, That was just the teasing yeah. intro. <laughs>
1: what are your thoughts on the new series
2: uh, I'm really enjoying it I, I, I think that storyline wise that second episode c- could have been a bit better yeah. essentially they talked a monster to death yeah <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> which you know. and sang at him
2: yeah yeah,
3: yeah. So that, with big that. scary robot people singing twee songs
2: yeah I mean, those robots looked pretty creepy. They I think did. That they were pretty cool, but oh, the, the, yeah, they the, didn't they stick was, around long the, enough to make any kind of steam impact. steampunk protectors. They
3: were yeah. straight oh, they, out of Hellboy. Yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah, I did think that. I was
2: like, ooh. They're, they were awesome. But still, it'd be, you know, I wouldn't mind uh, ripping off a couple of items of their clothing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, there, there was something about it from when they, they landed in that place. It felt very Farscape. It was a little bit Farscape. You're right. Now you say it, it was a bit Farscape. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I can kind of see where you're coming from. It did kind of feel like, let's just get all the alien prosthetics we have yeah. at the back and just chuck with one into big
2: scene, big market uh, scene. Yeah, because yeah. there was
1: they didn't seem to they they had the chaos and the bustle all over sort of your your Moss Eisley sort of settings, but without any of the real sort of cohesion.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't really grimy enough, and like kind of it was so close up and so HD that it was so blatantly latex masks that you were yeah. just like yeah. some the production value here. <laughs> So I kind of felt that, and and then it kind of went a bit Flash Gordon with his rocket cycle at the end, and then they talked a monster to death. And, yeah. <laughs> and the two of them throwing to that little bit. It was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, it was you know kind of. I, the, I, I was a bit yeah. like, well, why isn't he? Why aren't they suffocating in space while they're doing this? But that was just yeah. indeed. But I, so I think the acting in it was what held it together yeah. as an episode. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And without that level of acting, I, I don't think it would have been a great story. Um, even though it kind of had the the epic, the something of the something title.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the rings of it, it
2: It's a thing with Doctor Who that some of the highest rated episodes of all time are like the yeah. something of the something else. The way it works, but uh, those remembrance
1: of the Daleks. Yes. Indeed. The trial of the time yes, Indeed, <laughs> that was so, good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So
2: yeah, I, I I I'm interested to see where they go with it, as always. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't wait for more. I'm looking forward to it. Not long to go. Immensely.
1: Yeah. Where are we at? Anything else for the show? Oh, well, it's, it's late already. It's 20 past it is. nine, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what have we talked about? we talked about tabletop day, we've talked about comics, we've talked about Doctor Who, we've talked a lot about, about and comics and Marvel, and. We've had a chat about RPGs. Ooh, yeah. Um, do we want to throw in Disney Star
3: Wars,
2: Dave?
1: You're saying that Disney's dumped uh, LucasArts. Oh, I didn't research enough. Into oh well, there.
2: no. I mean, yeah. The, the, the whole Disney lucasarts thing is just they basically shut them down. Disney's taken over everything Lucasfilm, and they've shut down the games division, which is yeah. LucasArts, which is a shame. But
1: and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna license uh, Star properties rather than in-house. Do you yeah. To? Yeah.
2: So yeah, it it it's kind of an inevitable move. That yeah. They've shut it down, really. But you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Okay, well, I, I guess we're kind of hitting about the point for the musical break then. Absolutely, musical interlude. So, uh, yeah, I guess this week we've got uh, a band called Bitter Ruin who we had on our previous yeah, podcast uh, as, as the eclectic podcast. They they let us use one of their tracks on there, and uh, not only have they said that they'll let us use a track on this one, but they're they're coming on the show after the track. So, um, yeah. I guess sit back, have special a listen. Guest um, appearance, yeah, yeah, special guest appearance from Bitter Ruin. So have a listen. This is "Child in a Sea Cave" by Bitter Ruin, and we'll be right back afterwards with the
4: band. Crazy banter and mental health. Gray matter against myself. Constantly unwanted skin. Holds it in. I loved you and you fucking let me down. You've given me a bush to beat around and uh, been a battleship. I've just been carrying cargo. And so maybe that's why I feel so sunken. Cause you should have said Of you stood and watched them make me walk the plank Knowing I was tied to a cannonball And so maybe that's why I'm going
2: Okay, and welcome back to uh, this week's Nerd vs. World, Nerdfinger. Uh, that was the uh, the marvellous Bitter Ruin you've been listening to there with uh, Child in a Sea Cave. And we are joined from Bitter Ruin HQ down in Brighton via the wonders of modern technology uh, by the band themselves, Georgia and Ben. Hello! Hello! How are you
5: doing? We're doing wonderful, thank you. Excellent. Yeah, pr- yeah busy day, so we're... Uh... Resting now. Relaxing. It's the evening.
2: Absolutely, and well you should. You managed to get your voices back now, I take it.
5: Just about now.
2: Yeah, you've you've, you've had a a bit of a week. uh,
6: Yeah, it's been a bit insane uh, over the last couple of weeks. were, we're, We're still kind of floating from the whole...
2: Scenario. Um, the whole still there. buzzing from it. So yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing because I we was I was sat watching it during the day while I was at work because uh, kind of me and my wife were like, oh, who's gonna who's gonna pledge? Is it gonna be you? Is it gonna be me? I don't don't know. And then I was kind of looking at it at zero and then looked at next time I looked at it it was like fifty quid or something it had gone up really quickly and then I saw her name going. All oh, right, so she's backed it then. So I won't bother. <laughs> And then I just sat and watched the number just shoot up before lunch yeah.
5: it was It was ridiculous. I don't think of all the uh you know the scenarios that we thought might might happen. that was the only thing we never predicted. so yeah,
6: yeah, well, I mean we were totally us- prepared to like have to get a loan out and put some of our own money <laughs> in, and you know it was just like so not how we thought it was going to go we were terrified before we launched it because mm-hmm. you know asking for it was 20 20,000 pounds um that we asked for and we we deliberated on that figure for so long before we launched the project we were so scared that we it, we thought it, you know we thought it was going to be a 30 day long kind of plugging campaign and we, it, we just thought it was going to be horrible but it was amazing
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's twelve hours, and it was funded. You must have just you would sat there, just going, "Oh my god, how?" how this? You know,
6: it was just a really nice feeling because it we'd pr- we'd sort of built ourselves up to be really stressed out for a month, and it was like within twelve hours, it was over. Great, and we could relax a little bit, you know. Um, so that so was but really actually, nice. At
5: the same time, we couldn't relax because we hadn't made any plans for yeah. what to do when we, you know, reached our goal, and all of a sudden we had. Ten minutes. We suddenly realised it was going to do it. We had ten minutes to make some kind of thank you video and to, you know, to think how, you know, how are we going to show our gratitude to all these people for for doing it so quickly? And we just um, couldn't.
6: <laughs> we couldn't. <to, laughs> it just yeah. insane. Yeah. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, and then of course you have the realisation that now you've actually got to do all of those rewards that people have pledged for. <laughs>
6: Yeah. I mean That's I think fine. I think that was something that, you know, it's funny because a lot of people have said to me, "Oh my god, Georgia, you've got your work cut out for you. You know, you've got 10 paintings to paint." And actually, it's really fun to just I mean, I would be doing that anyway. But so it's really fun to be paint painting <laughs> for a purpose and and you know with a kind of real reason and a and a good reason for it and a know. theme to
5: the painting yeah as well.
6: so it doesn't feel like we've got a lot of work to do we probably have we're probably totally underestimating it but
5: yeah yeah it's alright. So we're doing bite-sized chunks.
2: Cool, cool. So I'm just going to have to stop just for one second. I'm just getting notifications popping up on my screen, and they're going to end up on the podcast. So we're just, I'm just going to quickly try and turn my notifications off,
0: because
2: then I'm not getting lots of sprinks and doinks while I'm talking to you. Uh, now, how on earth do I get to that? Brendan, any clue? No idea.
0: No? <laughs>
5: okay, this is going to be fun. Uh, they could be like sound effects.
2: Yeah, indeed, yeah. It's just uh,
3: random people coming along. We, we could all, uh, always pretend that that's another uh, person adding to your Kickstarter.
2: account.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is the noise is. of somebody pledging.
3: It's, it's the new total. <laughs> <laughs> ah, forget it. We're just gonna have to deal with it. It's to be occasional.
2: Boink can and
0: sprinkle.
2: Yeah, we'll edit it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, I guess kind of down to start. I mean, uh, the. the We'll obviously be putting the links to the kind of the, the your website and the Kickstarter and everything in the in the blog descriptions and so forth, and there's obviously a lot of information on there about kind of how you guys met and, and how you you all started off but I guess kind of what I wanted to ask was kind of whether you could give us any insights into how you came up with what what the ethos was going to be of you as a band kind of what what was it that shaped you what kind of gave you the ideas to go out and do what you've done
6: yeah. I mean, I think. I I mean, are you talking specifically about the music, or when you say ethos, are you talking about the whole kind of DIY? uh, Well,
2: everything. I mean, I was going to come a a bit more later on on onto the kind of the the, the DIY way that that you the the approach that you've taken. So, (laughs) I I guess to start with, just kind of where the idea for the music and, and the band came from.
6: Well. I mean, it really, it really did happen by accident, and I think that sounds quite weird now because we're such calculated perfectionist people that it it seems weird that we would let something happen by accident. But when it came to the music, I think we we had really opposing musical tastes, and we still do. Um, I, um, I, I mean, Ben hadn't heard of any of the musicians that I listened to, and vice versa. And it still today is. Pretty much the same thing um so i but just we, guess
5: we came together under you know the the circumstance that we wanted to f- start a rock band and, and covered queen adrena so it's like completely oh. different to what we've actually mm-hmm. ended up doing and um i don't know we just we just kind of followed wherever wherever our music took us we started yeah. playing just playing each other songs and then i would go oh, i don't quite like that bit so i'm gonna like throw in a something that Georgie didn't like and but then <laughs> <laughs> she liked it after time. Yeah. Anna, it's versa. it's weird.
6: I think you know, in a nutshell it's kind of like what we imagine in our heads is a is a big sort of full-on rock show with an orchestra and then some really really broken down classical bits and some really weird kind of Kate Bushy chord progressions and I suppose the the bottom line is we we were in a position where we had to do all of that on an acoustic guitar and with two vocals. So yeah. really it's not that it's not that weird when you look at it like that but I think it's, if you
5: could see it in our heads yeah perfect <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes. sense
6: yeah Um so it yeah it's basically just that
2: out, out, out of interest was it was it pretty like drugs the Queen Adrena track
5: <laughs> no no it was uh Soda Dreamer oh right yeah yeah, yeah
0: Um
5: but now th- I don't know out, If you know interestingly enough now we're coming to expand you know our sound especially on, on record we find it very difficult because we've spent so long arranging the songs to sound so full with an acoustic guitar and the vocals suddenly we, we go hang on a sec there's no space to put that instrument in or this instrument so we really where, where does the 40 piece orchestra fit <laughs> <laughs> so we have you know we really have to strip it strip it back and think about it but that's that's a challenge and it yeah. so, you know, pushes us doesn't it I mm. we like being pushed
2: No, I I can see. (laughs) You certainly don't do things by halves. Um, uh, So yeah, you say about musical influences. So uh, Ben, I gather you you were kind of very much into Metallica and that sort of thing. And
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Metallica and Slayer, and you know, I used to play in a thrash band before I moved to Brighton, and it was yeah, just Just lots of. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I used to busk and I used to play like Dylan songs and stuff. So I just, I just like good music and.
6: That makes you sound so cool. It wasn't. It was Van Morrison. Well, and, it?
5: and it was a whole plethora it's like of...
6: Van Morrison and Jason Moran. Okay. You
5: think
0: what you want.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because I see a lot of the kind of likes on, on George's page you see stuff like Regina Spectre and things which again, that's very much stuff that I've, I've gotten into over the last few years because yeah. I, I have a fairly eclectic range of music. I mean, myself and Aidy used to DJ a couple of nights in Oxford uh, and we started out just kind of doing the rock nights and then we started up a different night which was called Pandora's Box, which was a night that people could just come along and sit down and, and listen to all the kind of random music that we'd found that we really liked but that would never yeah. ever fit into to a it, like a DJ set, yeah, yeah.
3: There was also lots of uh, sort of up and coming bands locally, or or people that we'd heard of on on the on the grapevine that we'd put on, I and mean, you would have fitted perfectly into that. We would have played you anyway, you know, n- right next to some Metallica or something like that, just because yeah. it was real music mm. that we, I like yourselves. It's it's we like music that's that's been played well and sung well and it's not just something that's been thrown together and and racked onto a a, a record label just for just for the money and you're you're in it because that's what you feel that you should be doing yeah that's a great influence to 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 see and hear yeah Uh, and i
6: think think that's the, the main influence really for us actually is just playing well you know it's so frustrating mm. like you say to see people who who are given these amazing opportunities and just like I, I really feel like either they haven't really put in the work to be there or they just don't really care Um and it just it, or at least that's how it comes across mm. Um and I just think that's really ignorant I think it's really ignorant and I don't think it's fair on your audience members either you know people that are paid for a ticket to come and watch you deserve at least a little bit of emotion you know or a little bit of skill and it's you it's know effort. just a bit yeah, of effort, yeah.
2: as, as opposed to a kind of diso- disposable song of the week
6: absolutely yeah. absolutely or just even like you know just i've seen so many bands who just don't put in an effort into image and stuff like that and it's, it's like come on guys you're on a stage people are going to be looking at you, you yeah. know, do something.
2: Yeah, I guess that, that, that's kind of one thing I wanted to say about you guys is that kind of you, you as, as well as the musical side of things, you have a very kind of theatrical performance-led thing yeah. going on as well. Uh, uh, that, that that seems to me to be a very big part of, of, of what you do. I mean, how, how did that kind of come about?
5: That, it just kind of made sense to us. We, you know, we've always thought when we're on stage playing, we're not just... A, a sound we're, a, we're you know we're something that people can see and so mm. why wouldn't we put our you know put our all into the performance as well as just you know the, the mm. playing um, it's, it's a sense, weird, really. yeah
6: it is it's a really weird question to us because I we're drama at, queens aren't we yeah they? well <laughs> I, I I look at bands that don't kind of live their songs as they play them and I think well why are you singing it? Hey. It, it, it you know yes it's a song that you possibly wrote with an emotion that you're trying to recreate on stage but the purpose of a song is it's a communication and you it's an expression and it's it's part of performing that song is getting that expression across to your audience so that they can feel it back so it just makes sense to kind of relive that moment for me when you wrote that song just try and relive it on stage and and what comes out of us on stage is that you're physically you're seeing us sort of physically go through the songwriting process again in our heads I think you know
5: and I guess the songs are pretty you know most of them are pretty dark and and they wouldn't suit being played without you know the matching energy or the matching emotions to come out yeah yeah,
2: a, a lot. A lot of your songs seem to be very much kind of like a confrontation between two people, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems very much like the it, it's there to to provoke uh, an, an emotional response in the audience. I think uh, it's it, it's brilliant the way that you manage to achieve that.
3: In in a way, it's almost like you, was, you were saying before. It, that's from your your influences, where you were saying that. Uh, you you each didn't uh, get on with each other's musical taste yeah. to start with so you've you've almost put that presence into your songs as well so yeah. <laughs> just over so have some of this <laughs> yeah. and it it, it does it, um i've seen some of your um re- live recordings from from the studios you did a, a couple of years back as, as well and and you can see you're putting the emotion into it as you're reading it off this piece of paper in front of you george it, it, it's it's nice to see that and it, it, that's, that's something that I, I was so happy that uh, Simon introduced me to you, to you guys when he first came to see you uh, some years back now yeah um and that that's been i to, to be fair George, you're you're uh you're the reason why i've actually got a twitter account because you banged on about it yeah, so yeah, much yeah, on yeah, facebook yeah. i actually got a twitter account yeah, just yeah. so i could go there you go i've signed up to twitter for you
0: right. <laughs> that's
6: brilliant you know
5: I, I think music is perhaps you know being musicians we're quite lucky that it's one of the only areas in performing arts where you can be an actor, and be a um, you know a musician, and be a, a dancer, performer. That kind of you know.
6: And at the same time, be yourself and, yeah. and be kind of accepted for it. You know, I mean, even actors, as much as they they have it sweet because they get to live out other people's characters and personalities, but and they, get do they don't get to. They don't. They're not loved <laughs> in a strange way. They're not loved for themselves.
0: They're loved. Yeah, I was for going to say it's kind different.
2: of very difficult because I've done quite a bit of acting as well, and it's very much about putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and then trying to emote as them uh, instead of trying to get across That's- your own emotions.
6: Exactly so in a weird way it's it's nice to even though there is an element of act of what we do is is a bit of acting on stage we're acting as ourselves mm. so it's it's genuine you know and it's authentic in that way and i don't see it as acting like i say i see it as reliving we we bring up those emotions like an actor would but they're our own emotions so we're connecting with ourselves essentially so it's, i don't know it's a weird one but it's mm. it's i like to think of it as slightly more enjoyable than than just
2: just acting someone else's song, for example. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at, at what stage did you guys kind of go that you know this is it? This is this is what I want to be doing. This is where I want it all to go
6: like when I was two <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. yeah,
0: <laughs>
6: yeah. I don't answer. know like it, forever like I didn't I didn't know that I was going to meet Ben obviously and we didn't know what bit of room was going to be but there was never any other way for me ever it was always going to be music um even before I could play an instrument I was writing songs so uh I d- that is just forever
5: for me mm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much
2: the same. As I say, I mean, at, at what point did it kind of become your your day job? Uh, I know Amanda Palmer likes going on about the uh, fuck Plan B,
5: so it's uh, yeah. I what... think I don't know. The band has been well ever since the band started. I think we've looked at it as our our career.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, I mean, before that, I don't think we neither of us did anything that we felt as passionate about to to no. make it a day job, but. Notice, I've always you know. thought of
6: everything else I've ever done as a bridge or as a as a vehicle to to be able to do music. So I did for for a while have a proper job and you know I've done a bit of um singing teaching and a lot of tuition and stuff like that and really it's it's never been a passion ever. Mm-hmm. It's never been something that I can see myself doing for a long period of time. It's just facilitating the band.
2: Sure, sure. I mean, do you still do much of the vocal tuition stuff now, or is that all...?
6: Not really. Well, I don't really have time, to be yeah. honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's,
6: really, it's really hard to fit everything in, and, you know, li- we're literally working every minute of every day. Um, and its I do have a couple of people that still come to me for a bit of vocal tuition, but I try and just keep it really flexible, because you know they appreciate that we might be on tour for a bit and then you know come back and yeah it's not really quite it's not really possible when you're touring to to be a proper teacher
2: yeah, I mean, speak, Speaking of touring, I know that the first time I came across you guys was when uh, I was going to see the um, the Evelyn Evelyn gig in Coco, which then wasn't an Evelyn Evelyn gig apart from a, a weird bit via video halfway through. Uh, yeah. and, and you guys kind of ended up as, as their kind of on-spec support act because of the volcano and ash cloud and everything. So how
5: did all that come about?
6: Oh, my God. That, that was a story that, I mean, I don't even know
5: if we know how that came about. <laughs> It's as close to divine intervention (laughs) as I get. To be honest, you know, give me a sign
2: a volcano goes off. Um,
6: (laughs) It's no. To be fair, like you know, everything that Ben and I do, it always comes. It always has this really nice way of of coming across as luck. And actually what people don't see behind the scenes is that we'd been contacting Amanda via email for probably a year before then, you know, and we'd been in touch with her and sort of said, you know, if ever you're in need of support and if ever so we'd we've done a lot of legwork and the same with the Ben Folds five tour as well. I think I think it's it's nice that people just see the sparks like oh a volcano went off and they stepped in and it's really nice that there can be a story like that but but the you know the genuine side of it is that actually you know we were lined up already to be one of Amanda's official buskers for that Coco gig we weren't going to be on stage mm-hmm. um and so there was already a, a contact there so it it was hard work basically but it was it
5: was it was through Twitter that the, the idea of mm. us doing the whole tour came about just because we saw the accident. You know, well, the, not the accident. The we accident. saw The, <laughs> the, the, <accident>. the incident. Terrible accident. We saw the, we saw, you know.
6: We saw the, the drama unfold.
4: unfold we?
6: And we were on Twitter, as we always are, and I just tweeted Amanda literally like, I was probably, I was so fast. I was, I was so eager. I was so fast. I was probably like the first person to reply to her. I was like, do you need support? Quickly. Do you need support? <laughs> she was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it was amazing. It was really amazing because we were so eager for that kind of opportunity and we were always on the lookout for that kind of stuff happening. Mm.
5: And it was only, not,
6: probably, not it was Ashley, only like
5: two days before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
6: No. Two days later we were God. in Glasgow, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well,
5: yeah, next, did,
2: did you go over to Dublin as well? Yeah, so we did Glasgow, and Dublin.
6: Dublin, and then we did four or five London dates. Five. Um, and Paris. then we went to Paris yeah. as well. And we would have stayed on the whole tour, um, but obviously they met up with Skip and Jason, whoever they are. The and, rest uh, of the band <laughs> caught
5: up, damn <down laughs> them.
6: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we had to uh, relinquish That second
5: volcano up. didn't erupt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hoped it to.
6: But no, no, it was great. It was really cool. Yeah.
2: Cool. So yeah, I mean, from, from from a lot of that you, you seem to get a hell of a lot of attention through uh, through people on Twitter. I mean you've had, you've had uh, like people like Stephen Fry and uh, and and Mitch Ben and people who seem to have really kind of taken to you and, and are really helping out and promoting are, are you. Is that really helping? Yeah. It
5: does, yeah. The,
6: the Stephen Fry the first Stephen Fry tweet we received, um I think Trust got 20,000 views overnight. Wow. wow. <laughs> It was really weird. It was another one of those, it was another like the same kind of Kickstarter feeling where I just clicked, I just refreshed it and I was, it was just like, no, 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 this has to be a mistake. There can't have been that many views overnight. It was really amazing. And of course, with all of that comes a lot of good and bad comments. Um, so that was, that was quite interesting to kind of receive um a kind of bulk of negative comments. I was going to
2: say. I mean, negative comments for you guys. I can't imagine what they'd be. What, what sort of stuff was it?
6: Yeah, uh, gen- generally from really dumb people. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, no, no, no. They do they, exist
2: in this world, unfortunately.
6: It just, it was just like uh, just troll comments. You know, like people commenting on things that they clearly. We've,
5: we've started to realise that you know, well, it's 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 bound to happen. You get a hundred likes and you get one dislike. And oh, yeah, absolutely. in absolutely. Case of getting. Twenty thousand likes, you're gonna get two thousand yeah. dislikes. Is yeah. my maths right? or two hundred. Yeah.
6: In a way, it kind of pleases us now because we we literally do look at it like that. We have a method where we go, "Oh, it's okay if we've got one troll. That means another hundred people have seen our music." And in a weird way, it kind of always works out roughly like that. So it's. Um,
5: I think it took Georgia a long time to get used to it as well. She used to take it. Really, personally, didn't. It yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I just did, you know, say, well, ignore it. Most of it was about her anyway, so yeah. Well, I was like, it's fine, you know. They're kind is. of, they're kind of telling the truth.
6: No, a lot of it is—it's <laughs> it's female bitchiness, though, isn't uh, it? You know, it's um, a lot of it is aimed at me, so and a lot of
5: it was me actually doing it.
0: Down there's it's
2: signing a my accounts be...
6: Yeah, <laughs> keep my feet on the ground.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's one of those things that kind of when when you put yourself out there and, and lots of people start to consume what you do, then obviously you're never going to meet everyone's tastes, and that's something okay. that you kind of have to come to terms with fairly quickly. Otherwise, you just can't really go on.
6: Well, and that's totally the wrong thing to do as well is to is to try and meet everyone's tastes because then you just end up bland. And <sighs> yeah.
5: that's it. I think it's a it's a compliment when people have such. Dramatic views, you know, whether it's a good view or a bad view. You know, it's a compliment that you're doing something that conjures up emotion. Mm. Um, I'd rather that than, you know,
0: no comments at all. Yeah. Yeah. No comments,
5: but yeah, we like to ruffle feathers. Well, (laughs) he does. I
0: do.
2: Fair play. So yeah, uh, I, I guess to kind of come down to what we were talking about earlier, which is the the kind of DIY approach. I think it. It. Wh- when did you start kind of taking that approach? Because I, I know it was it was fairly shortly after the um, the Coco gig that you were doing your album launch thing in the Spice of Life,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which
2: I went to, and uh, and then you've kind of done a load more kind of. Events where, for example, you invited fans into your house. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, again, where, where did the ideas come from to do those kind of things?
6: Um, I I don't know. I think we're still we're still like relatively young in terms of well age. Um, <laughs> that sounds really stupid. Uh, we're still still relatively young, and so I think as musicians, like it it's always kind of been DIY really for us. I mean, we've only been a band for five years, which isn't a long and and when you consider that within our first three years we were touring with Amanda Palmer, it, it all kind of makes sense that we didn't go a different direction mm. um and I think a lot of it actually is is by by force we you know we have to do these things otherwise we won't we won't progress and the bottom line is we are so determined to get our music out there that a lot of us a lot of people see us as sort of doing kind of really amazing things and and pushing new directions and stuff. but all we're doing is is trying to think right how, what can we do next yeah. how can we get other people to see our music and I just think it's it comes from being driven really
5: and yeah and a lo- I mean so much of it has been trial and error you know we we've made mistakes and we've learned from those mistakes mm-hmm. and and you know we're we are very driven and we we try and like Georgia says you know if we want to do something we don't Try and find someone to do it for us. We say, "Well, we can do this. You know, yeah. we can build ourselves a website. We can get ourselves yeah. promotion, distribution. We can do everything. We don't yeah. need, you know, we don't need someone else to do it for us. It'd be nice if someone did it for us."
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, do do you find that all the the kind of tools that you need are are there for you? Be it in an online platform or just things that you can buy? Do Do you think that everything you need is there, or is there anything missing?
6: Um. Well. Up until last week, I would have said money, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So it's nice to um, to have found a way to actually to create that online. Um, I think Kickstarter's massive, but um, in terms of things missing, I think TV is really hard to get into, and unfortunately, a lot of a lot of people still rely on um, airplay and radio play to to really find their music and there are only certain types of people maybe even just like 5% or 10% something silly like that who actually actively search out music um, and I think a lot of people are still spoon fed um, what they hear so I think it's really really hard for an unsigned band to get on TV or get on radio um, and that's, that's yet and to be covered they're the platforms
5: you know, that, that do bring you in the same way that Stephen Fry tweet brought you, you know, quick um notoriety you know quick quick people seeing your things very quickly that makes sense
6: quick exposure quick exposure
5: that's the word thank you
6: yeah yeah tv is another yeah i mean it's it's insane like we were watching um the first series of the voice we actually knew somebody who was on it (laughs) all right (laughs) um who uh we'd met like once and and we watched it just out of interest because we were like oh well, you know let's watch it and see if if he's any good because we knew this guy um and it was just amazing actually watching his twitter feed after he did the show because he went up from about 70 um followers on twitter to about 27,000 wow and it was just like wow and and he was he was on primetime TV but he was singing a cover and I'm like that... you let yourself
3: down <laughs>
6: <laughs> no but <laughs> well I wouldn't say that to him <laughs> it's, um, it was more just like shock at wow this isn't something new that people are seeing this is just something people are seeing on TV they're connecting with a new artist who actually you know I won't mention his name but wasn't really doing anything massively new and he, g- he gets 20,000 27,000 followers in an hour and it was just insane to see that happen yeah. and again I think a bit like um, a bit like the Stephen Fry tweet it's just getting that sort of mass those mass sort of splatterings of exposure that really mean the difference between whether you are a, a, a band that's sort of kept off the radio and kept off the TV to, to being rocketed into um, mainstream really it's
0: yeah, I
2: mean, I, I, I guess kind of. I, have, I, I don't watch The Voice or X Factor or anything no, like that, yeah, but uh, <laughs> uh, 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 as far as I'm led to believe, it's kind of slightly less irksome than the others in that they kind of don't look at the person and just judge them on the actual talent of their voices, but even so no, then... It's,
0: it's just
2: as bad. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll continue <laughs> to avoid that as well then. Uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of completely agree with what you were saying about the maybe 5 or 10% of people go out and just search out their own content. I mean, that's certainly something that I do. I think most of it in, in this room, basically, yeah. we, we have an idea of what we want to consume and we'll go out and find it and then we'll use... Uh, services like last fm that i use because if i'm I'm listening to an artist and it's got my last fm plugin and it'll bring up five artists that it recommends that may be slightly similar according to other people who've listened to it and that's the way that i kind of find new stuff and and interact with it all um but I, i i i would hope that that's the way things are going more yeah I, I, I'm kind of optimistic in this that I think that people are very much turning to kind of this is what I want to watch and using things like crowdfunding to pay for and commission art and things that, that, that they want to see rather than being spoon fed. Oh,
6: you do kind of despair though don't you because even like um, what you're talking about there is is exactly what I do which is I'll go on Spotify look straight away at the related artists i'm not interested in the artists that i already know because yeah. i've already got their stuff you know yes. and then straight away i'll jump over to youtube and and the sad thing about youtube and facebook is that that's For the sort of mediocre kind of interested in music, but not that interested in really digging deep to find good music, the sort of mediocre music lover, their main source is either YouTube or Facebook. And they have been so overrun with promoted posts Mm -hmm. and advertising now that I just think people are getting really disconnected from any actual video. You know, people used to share videos on Facebook and you would actually watch it if somebody recommended a band you would actually watch it and now it's just like there are so many actually promoted things mm. that i'm just becoming i'm just disengaging you, you can't
5: so. find it in amongst all the game spam yeah <laughs>
6: yeah so it really
0: is well, gaming and,
5: and there's always like a you know universal or an emi advert yeah. at the top of my yeah. feed because i'm you know or really pictures like, of kittens
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
5: i don't mind kittens <laughs>
6: Ben's, Ben's the one posting all the kids, yeah. but it's, it's um yeah. So it's it's kind of I think in a way it's reverting a little bit. I think it was looking up and now it's looking down again. And I'm I i do not know. I don't know how it's people a are going to find music. I don't
5: think it will mm. always be in the middle.
6: But we will break through one day.
2: Oh, I have no doubt. I mean, uh, from any of the exposure that you've had for people, have you have you ended up with any radio or TV play at all?
5: Uh yeah, we've had play on like like uh, Radio Six music, that kind of stuff. Um,
6: Never anything huge. No. Um, you know, it's something that I think even
5: uh, it's something we're hoping to achieve with actually through the Kickstarter and the the money that you know we've been amazingly given that we're going to put it into into PR and radio plugs and hopefully mm. that's you know, going to be the first time we've had the possibility to invest in. Those areas, because normally you yeah. know, the investment is just in.
6: It's also been it's also music. been three years since we've released an album, mm. so we haven't really been pushing any singles no. for three years. So maybe maybe this time there there'll be a few people who have heard our name before and who who will be interested to listen. I think the last time we really pushed for any radio play was three years ago. You know, mm. in a in a really condensed way. Um, so here's hoping for the next album.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um the the association with Matt Lucas, this is something that interests <laughs> me. How did, how did this all come about?
6: Twitter again. That was Twitter oh, again, was it? Yeah, yeah, Twitter. Um we when we were promoting the single for trust, um the video, sorry, for trust, we sent um we sent Stephen Fry the link and I sent Matt Lucas the link, because I love Matt Lucas. Um and I sent, I think a handful, I think maybe five different people that I sort of respected and thought were good people and they were on Twitter and they were fun and you know, one of those would have been Neil Gaiman, one would have been Amanda Palmer and and maybe Ben Folds as well. So there's a select few people on Twitter that I was like, hey, I think you'll like this. Mm. Um, Never expected any of them to actually watch it and get back to us, but actually three out of five of those that I'm thinking off the top of my head actually did watch it, which I think is incredibly lucky. Mm. I don't think they would today because they're probably swamped with stuff like that. Mm. Um, and fortunately, they all really liked it. And Matt, um, Matt sort of just retweeted it and we contacted him um, via email the next day, um, which was difficult. You have to be a bit of a stalker to find his email address. <laughs> um, but we did it. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, and we just contacted him and said, hey, you know, can we send you an album or can we send you a T-shirt or something? Thanks for the for the tweet. And it, it you know, it, it got us another 3,000 views. And he said, yeah, I love what you both do. Um, would love to help out. And so our brains just got ticking a little bit and we thought, hmm, how much do you think he means that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's test this out.
6: <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, you know, we do have some some thoughts actually, and we do have some ideas. And and really, it was as simple as asking, and it was as simple as going, "Well, look, if you if you really are interested in helping us out, then then do you reckon you could help us do this, or or you know get in touch with this person, or you know we're really I, struggling here." I think
5: actually, as much as it was as simple as asking, I think Matt just happens to be one of the most generous people for for helping you know he he's not only is such he he's
6: a muso as well
5: he is you know he loves music but you know he's he's constantly telling us about um new comedians that he's trying mm. to nurture and stuff he's just you know he just wants to give back what he he's he loves
4: helping what he's people found. yeah um,
5: and i think that totally comes across in everything he does anyway um yeah and yeah we you know we couldn't ever be more thankful for what he's yeah know, for what he's given us we're recently. really
6: really lucky we're really lucky that he ever saw our video basically um, and yeah
2: that's really cool yeah because he's coming down for a couple of the gigs from your Kickstarter as well isn't he
6: yeah he will be doing yeah I mean it um, it it to- weirdly it totally depends on on Matt's schedule but he's made it along to quite a few of our recent gigs hasn't he so uh He's generally on the scene so now. A,
2: what, one of the most difficult ones I would have thought to organise was the uh, playing in somebody else's living room with Matt in attendance. Yeah,
6: well... Uh,
5: uh, that's his, we'll that's his idea. That was his it? idea, yeah. Really? Okay, cool.
6: <laughs> well, originally he was like, hey, you should put something really silly of mine up, like you should put a sho- one of Matt's shoes up or something. <laughs> £2,000 for Matt's shoes. <laughs> No explanation given, you know. Um, and then he was like, "Oh no, actually, let's do something that people could really have." So mm. he was—he's uh, was genuinely interested in just helping, helping us raise funds, really.
2: Sure. Did, did you ever go through a phase where you thought you were going to try and, and get a label to back you?
6: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, we still are. Th- we still are in that phase. If um, you know, Kickstarter unfortunately isn't uh, sustainable yet. So the one thing it can't do is pay us a wage, mm. um, and that is that sounds like a very kind of um, righteous thing to say, and that we feel we deserve a wage for practicing music. And of course, music is really fun, and we love it. But there is a massive problem with us not being able to pay our. Bills mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, and it's not. It's definitely there's, there's no
5: consistency in it because you know you tour yeah. and, you, and you have an income and then you stop touring and you start recording and all of a sudden the you know the the well dries up and the Kickstarter has been great to to fund the album but it's still not funding. It's
6: not funding life. Us. It's no. not. Fund, no. It's not funding life in terms. You know, we don't live an extravagant life by any means. Um, it's just not it's not quite funding day-to-day, you know, buy a bottle of milk yet.
2: <laughs> really? So it's not nights with uh, yeah. and jackets and cocktails? <laughs> exactly.
6: No, no, no. Um, so, it's, so the label thing is a really weird thing because we have pursued and we have said no to a lot of people and uh, we will still continue to say no until we find somebody who...
0: Um, you say yes
6: to. Who, re- who we really like and who really understands what we do and really believes in what we do and yep. doesn't want to change us mm. and doesn't want to you know tone us down mm. basically
2: mm. A- anybody in mind for that
5: no. No. no
6: no um no we like um we like labels like i like 4ad um, mm. because they seem to they seem to have a lot of really amazing kind of really weird artists um and uh just any anything kind of with a rough trade kind of vibe where, you know, they've just they're just open to interesting music and there isn't really a genre to mm-hmm. it. Um mm-hmm. but I think it's gonna be really hard to find a label, um, or management who can really uh who will really take a risk on what we do.
2: Yeah. 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 I I think- I was going to say, just you, know, you touched on genre there. Uh, that that's one thing that that that's a problem I've always had when I'm kind of trying to introduce you guys to other people is trying to get across what yeah. sort of music it is. And kind of like, it's a bit like it's a bit like just sit down and listen to it. <laughs> uh, I just uh, say just, listen to these guys; they're awesome. Well, it's, well, yeah, it's easy. It's easy. That, that's kind of the route it's, that I that I end up it's taking. It's so true, though,
6: isn't it? But I mean, you know, this is one of the things that um, that I love in a way. I hate it, and I love I love the fact that. We can't be described, but simultaneously, I think it's um I think it is a bit of a downfall when people come to when, on the introduction to what we do um yeah, but at the same time I think back to all the artists that I really, really like, and I couldn't describe what they were when they first came out um and you know i th- I just think it's a good thing if 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 people can't categorize us.
2: Yeah, because I, I guess that this this kind of links in with what I was saying about the the, the last FM, where people recommend other things. It's like, how important do you think it is to to pigeonhole bands into into categories now?
6: Um, I think it's important. to Those that think it's important. <laughs> okay. So you know, if you're open to Incredible. if if you're open to just being given a CD and you know accept that you just stick it in a CD player and you listen and you're not you're not Judging it by its genre or by its image, then I think you've got it right, and you're going to enjoy our music. I think it's the people that need it to be a certain image and need it to fit their uh, fashion sense, and it's just like you know, it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to. It's music; you can listen to anything you like. There's either
5: good music or bad music. Good music
6: <laughs> or bad music, yeah. So, but
5: then having said that, I you know, I don't know. It's tricky. I, I think I think a label and a pigeonhole. Is a good thing yeah. at the same time as being a bad thing. It's you like, can you
6: can guarantee that if we did sign to a label, they would put us into a box. Mm, they oh, would absolutely. Have, they would have to because they would have to market us.
0: Yeah, um, and, and
6: you know, in a way, fair enough because they have a path that they have to go down. Um, that doesn't mean that our music would change. But if they want to call
5: us, I think I think we something. just go in lots of little boxes. Actually, I think every song has its own yeah. box, mm. and um,
2: yeah. That's fine. They to create a new one for you. though. Other bands are coming. Out, oh, they, they sound a bit bitter, ruinedy. Yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah. Actually, we have had that a couple of times. Really? <laughs> really weird. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's. I'm um, just gonna
5: print out like a, I don't know, like a little till receipt with lots of different styles of music on it. When anyone asks, I'll just give them that yeah. and say here well. you are.
6: Here you go. And just have, change
5: it
2: every
6: time you give it to someone bit. else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a, it's a weird question.
2: Cool. Yeah. Cool.
5: Okay. Uh, Five years down the line, we still don't
2: have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> then I guess that's the answer.
0: Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Okay. So yeah, future plans. What? 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 Uh, obviously, you've got. You still got the Kickstarter going. How long have we got left? Still three weeks or so? Um, yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah. Just over three weeks. Um, we're in the the full swing of you know um, starting to record now. We're just demoing microphones and making sure we've got everything happy and you know georgia's satisfied with the sound of her voice and she's <laughs> hard to do yeah yeah and then yeah. Um, yeah and then it's then it's all going we've we've actually one of the reasons we wanted to build our own studio and to record at home was to give ourselves the freedom to not have to say right we've got two weeks in this studio or we've got you know to have deadlines because we we've always found our records previously to have somehow ended up with a really tight schedule to be recorded mm. um but somehow even though we're doing it this way now we've ended up doing the same because we've set ourselves an album launch and we've set ourselves a listening party date and so yeah. now actually we have to work backwards but we've got yeah
6: but the difference is we don't have somebody closing the studio at five o'clock oh, yeah that like, we can we That's can true. work into the yeah. night so if we, we do probably, have time
5: we'll probably be recording 24 7 for the next month um but it's really exciting. We can't wait, can we?
2: Yeah, no, no. good. That's why as you come up here. Brendan runs this studio, and he never goes home.
1: Yeah, you much. <laughs> yeah. <Otherwise>, yeah. <laughs> if you're ever in Oxford, come on up. We've got to leave Genesis. I'll record yeah. you on. Oh,
6: oh really? we'll do. Yeah, definitely
1: take you up on that. Yeah, we're we're in uh, an
2: old, old abandoned mental hospital that they've turned into a recording studio up here. It's yeah. awesome.
5: Sounds <laughs> great. Where's up here?
2: Oxford. Oxford. Oxford.
0: Oxford.
5: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, so if you're ever around Oxford, come swing by the studio and say hi. <laughs> yeah, we'll do definitely. Cool. Uh, okay, so I, I, I guess that kind of brings well, just one, one, one last thing. It's like uh, we we talk a lot of about films and TV and stuff on here. Do you guys ever stop and just chill out and watch films, TV? Yeah, uh,
6: we don't we don't have a TV. Um... I, I thought
2: I, I thought there was something in the back of my brain that thought you didn't yeah. have a TV.
6: Which is really yes, bad yes. considering Matt Lucas is like, always on our case to watch his programs. <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: We watch it on uh, iPlayer. That's what iPlayer's for. Yeah,
6: exactly. Um, films, yeah, we're, we're, we're big, you know, big film buffs. But I think... Um,
5: we no, don't. We're not, we're not big film. We're
6: buffs. not big film buffs. No, we, we like we like some trash. We actually, like, don't we? We like
5: watching. Films. <laughs> yeah. As, as everyone likes.
6: Yeah. Watching films. Yeah. The, but the
2: reason, the reason I ask is because we're we're, we're compiling a list of the kind of hundred films that everybody wants to see, and we've been asking everybody who comes on the show to contribute five films. Okay. Off the top of the head, this is how we had to do it, and we had uh, no 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 kind of. Leading to it with just five films that you think
5: everybody should watch. Well,
6: a, pers- a personal favourite of mine, but only probably only because I'm a musician, I really like The Pianist. I think mm. that's a really lovely film. Can we do
5: Five Between Us? You could do Five yeah. Between, us. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Pianist, that would be on the my The Pianist
6: list. is a film that is, is quite mainstream, but it's- funnily enough, not a lot of people have seen it and I love it and it's really worth well, watching. Well, it's a
5: great way for people to be introduced to, like, you know, Chopin.
6: And not to and- be confused with piano because that's not a good film
5: <laughs> the piano that's it's a very hunter different. one yeah, yeah. yeah it's very different um, there's a there's a film I love called I think it's The Descent or Descent oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Descent yeah, yeah
2: about the under underground the, the cave and women
5: go caving <laughs> yeah, yeah Descent it's they'll die isn't that the guy Yay. who did dog <laughs> yeah is it yeah, yeah. Is it? yeah. Yes, that's, I like that
6: Ben likes um, rock climbing so yeah. that's right up your street that's, isn't that's, it That's uh,
2: 127 um, hours then is that another one
5: Uh it wouldn't be on my list, but yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. You? I'd the book. Yeah. Um, so,
4: um, mm. oh,
0: okay, that's two. That's two. That's two. Okay,
5: um, it hasn't been released yet, but we're making a behind-the-scenes document. <laughs> 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 yeah, that definitely. Be, yeah. You know, that's one. That everyone that's has definitely one that everybody has to watch. watch. Yeah, uh, I'm
6: going to throw Eraserhead in there Ooh. because my dad made me watch it when I was like. 12, Very and it cool. stayed yeah. with me for life.
5: Um, we, we wonder why she writes such sadistic
0: songs <laughs> I know,
2: Weirdly, I think I, I ended up watching that in the most obscure place, I ended up watching that in a tent at Glastonbury Festival in, like, oh, in no! 1993, not- it was mental
0: that film. <laughs>
6: no,
2: <laughs> It was not good oh, um, oh,
6: And okay. one more One more,
5: uh, one more. Bambi. Bambi Bambi, I, Bambi. I think it's going to be a Disney Bambi, there
6: Bambi. we go
5: you know yeah. it's got it's got joy it's got sadness
2: it's got it's got walking in the forest it's got <laughs> there we go cool okay that's that's great excellent choices we shall add those to the list
6: you cool. can see why we don't have a genre now can't you <laughs> yes.
5: Absolutely.
6: <It's> got <laughs>
5: yeah cool okay we well now an and i'll have 20 films for you oh yeah indeed <laughs> that, that,
2: that, that's what we do we, we kind of put ourselves on the spot with it and kind of we've kind of gone back and re-dissected it tons of times afterwards and gone oh where
6: was that and why, why did we say that uh it's hard it's a hard question
2: yeah cool okay well thank you very much for that i think we're, we're about ready to wrap up on there so thank you very very much for, for being on the show you've been amazing thank you
5: for having us thank
1: you no oh, that's quite good uh w-
2: would you like to do our sign off for us Until
6: Until next next
1: time, time, take take care and be be excellent. So that was the incredible bit of ruin. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show and giving that that interview.
2: Indeed, you were wonderful. Thank you. Um,
1: And I think everyone's now going to go and watch Bambi. (laughs) <laughs> add Bambi to the list That's it. just
2: just imagine listening to some Bitter Ruin songs while watching Bambi
1: oh no there'll be a whole uh, Dark Side of the Moon uh, Wizard of Oz sort of crossover yeah. maybe we can do that maybe we can start like a new conspiracy theory <laughs> if, you, if you listen to a Bitter Ruin album and watch Bambi at the same time it sort of like plays out in the same sort of way <laughs> okay maybe 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 not but anyway that is all we have time for this week Uh Thank you, everyone, for listening.
2: Indeed. as usual, you know, find us on, on Facebook and Twitter. I'll put all the, the usual links in with the show notes. But yeah, come and find us, send in stuff you want us to talk about, ideas for people to get on the show. want to come on the show yourselves?
3: Come on the show! <laughs> Certainly, uh, if you follow the links on Twitter, uh, onto the Kickstarter for a Bit of Ruin, do so. Absolutely, yes,
2: check out their, their Kickstarter.
1: And if you're in a band yourself, if you know any bands and you think that their music would be a good fit for the show, let us know. We'll get in touch with them and, you know, play one of their tracks.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what the Musical Interlude is there for, is yeah. to, to get music out
1: there. Anyway, until next time, I've been Brendan.
0: I have been Spindles. And I've been Aidy. Take care and be excellent to each other.